Hello, listener, and welcome to this preview of our latest Patreon-exclusive episode. To continue the conversation and listen to the full episode, head over to the Beyond the Screenplay Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Hi, I'm Michael, and welcome to Beyond the Screenplay, the podcast where each episode we do a conversational deep dive analysis into a film. Today, we are talking about Chinatown, the 1974 film written by Robert Town, directed by Roman Polanski. I'm joined, of course, by the Beyond the Screenplay team, Trisha Rand. Hello, everyone. Brian Bittner. Hello, hello. And Alex Calleros. Hi. Okay, so we're doing sort of a soft kickoff for our new winter season, Best Picture Winter, as we're examining classic Oscar-nominated, winning, etc. films. And Chinatown is such a great film to start it off because it's one of the best films ever. It's been on like every single top 100 films of all time list somewhere toward the top. Uh, when I started the channel, I think a comment on one of my first videos was like, oh, a screenwriting channel, you have to talk about Chinatown next. And I said, no, I am afraid. That's too scary. It's one of the best scripts ever <laughs> made. I'm, I'm not equipped to deal with that. And I'm still not. Uh, but we're going to try to talk about it now, at least. So Chinatown, I really love. I saw it. I think when I was pretty young, I want to say high school-ish, and it's one of those films where when I saw it as a younger person, I was like, it's kind of slow and kind of boring, sort of, and like, I don't really understand what's going on, but I love this, and I'm going to keep watching for some reason. And so I've seen it many times and trying to understand it more each time, but I haven't seen it in a, a pretty long time. So this time, it was really great to see it fully as an adult and track everything start to finish. And it's just so good. And it's one of those movies that feels like more than the sum of its parts, but it's also made from immaculate parts. And yep. so it's just like, there's something special and magical about this movie that's kind of ineffable, uh, but we're gonna try to F it today. So <laughs> let's dive into uh, everyone's sort of thoughts and relationships on Chinatown. Brian, why don't you start us off? Sure, yeah, I mean, I'm probably the, the least interesting, which is just that I saw it 20 plus years ago uh, because it was Chinatown, and then I was like, cool, I've seen Chinatown, and then I didn't see it again until <laughs> watching it for this. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously I, I remember a lot about the movie. I, I didn't remember the ending ending. I remembered like the twist, you know, leading up to the ending. But I was just like, oh, wow. OK, so that was like it was really fun to watch that last few minutes of the movie for basically the first time. Um, so that was a lot. That was great. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think the first time it didn't super click with me is like oh yeah i love this movie i have to see it again and it didn't in that way this time either but like man do i appreciate the hell out of it like i have literally no <laughs> negative comments about this it just for some reason didn't make me like just completely latch into it but that's also as someone who has seen it once every 20 years basically <laughs> so i feel like i'm like one one screening away from being like there it is i'm i'm really i'm really into it but there's a you know there is a denseness to 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 the plot and the sort of the windingness of it all uh that uh that just makes it i think a little 
not exhausting as much as just like there's there's maybe like a little bit of distance that happens when you are trying to keep up with everything. Uh, so yeah, really appreciate this movie. Really like it a lot, but also just not it's not like it won't be on my top ten of the seventies. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's a dreamlike quality to mm-hmm. it where. The harder you try to grab a hold of the details of the plot, the more elusive they become, where you're just like, wait, what was any of it? Like, who was this guy? Who was that thing? Then they go to the, like, old folks' home. The water's being dumped out here. Here's this kid on the horse. Like, who hired this woman? Like, now who killed this woman? Like, just, it's so... It twists and turns in such a way, uh, and the movie does so little in that in that '70s way. It does so little to hold your hand through any of it mm-hmm. that I was I was feeling that again. Like I've seen this movie probably twelve times, and I was just like, plot. I don't. Mm, yep. I mean, I guess. Uh, and and there is a, a satisfaction anytime you can click pieces together, but that's not why you watch it, right? Like the actual pieces of the mystery and like um, we can get into it, but like, yeah, the water rights thing and the, the we're diverting water from here to do this thing. And then there was this dam that collapsed and we had to kill this guy because he didn't want to build the new dam. But anyway, all of that is just, it's kind of over there. I think it's definitely a part of the texture of the movie. And that's kind of what I mean about like the dreamlike quality of it. But it certainly is not like scene to scene. I feel like what keeps you hooked in. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, what about you? Yeah, this movie, I I feel a bit ashamed now having watched it last week and just loving it a lot. Um, I think it helped. I watched it with subtitles, um, which I I resist the trend towards watching things with subtitles because it's like, no, that's not how it's intended to be watched. I should get the story without having to read every single word, you know, visually on screen. However, I think it really helped me with this film um, because I I saw it for the first time, maybe in college and like in a film class. UC Santa Cruz, they had these screening rooms that were also classrooms. Sometimes they were very warm. Sometimes the class was at 8 a.m. and I was very tired. And I think I've watched Chinatown for the first time in a warm, tired state. And they were like very comfortable too. Like it's exactly not the place you want to be watching a movie (laughs) awake. It wasn't like freezing cold, like an AMC movie theater. It was warm and cozy, like a bed. So I definitely was sleepy and zoning out during my first viewing of this movie. And so I didn't really appreciate it much at all. I mean, I think I got some of the film class things I was supposed to get out of it, but I didn't like it really. Um, Then I watched it a few years after college. I think uh, my, uh, husband wanted to watch it because he heard it was about like the history of LA water rights and he's like interested in those things. And so we started watching it together and he was zoning out and kind of like not following it. And so then I kind of wasn't following because we started talking or so it was a bad environment in which to watch it with a, somebody who was getting bored. Um, I watched it when all by myself. The good one. <laughs> yeah. So now we're here at the good one. At the good one, I watched it by myself with subtitles on just alone at night in my condo and it was a wonderful experience. I just sank into it. I, I dug that dreamlike quality, the mm-hmm. way it kind of flowed. I followed it basically. I mean, I there's definitely moments where I was lost, but the movie also didn't expect me to know what was happening in those lost moments. But the way the pieces did click together as the movie came towards its conclusion was very satisfying. And I felt like I was with uh, Jake 
putting the pieces together and it was, I was really immersed and just into it. So I now get it. I now get why this is in those top 10 lists all the time. It's probably going to be in my top 10 of the seventies when we do that episode. Uh, cause yeah, now I want to go back and rewatch it. And I just, I was just so impressed. You, you mentioned Michael, all the parts are so good and it's better than the sum of its parts. It just felt like, yeah, every setup has a payoff. Every character feels so three-dimensional and well-drawn. Every piece of this crazy, overly complicated plot actually does add up to something. Um, yeah, really impressive. And yeah, just one of those movies that feels, oh, yeah, you wouldn't want to change a thing about this. It is exactly what it is, and it's perfect for what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, so many things to talk about from the performances, the screenwriting, obviously, how it's doing so many things at once. Uh, Treasure, I think you mentioned, maybe this was off mic, but re reversals and setups and payoffs, like you were just saying there, Alex, and kind of how it's juggling these two mysteries and how you're sort of, it's kind of handing off back and forth. And they're, they're integrated, but they're separate. And th th there's just so much happening. And I think especially for me, um, the character of Evelyn Mulray this time, like really like, and, and Faye Dunaway's performance was just amazing. And I feel like it's kind of the glue in some ways that holds it all together. So I want to start there. Hope you enjoyed this preview clip. To continue the conversation and listen to the entire episode, head over to the Beyond the Screenplay Patreon. The link is in the show notes.